Welcome everyone to Ripping the Rack, the weekly podcast with Tim and Brian. Uh, as you know from last week, if you listened, thank you if you did. This is uh, our thoughts about Candlepin Bowling, the game, some of the people in it, the tournaments, and just the overall how much we love it. We also talk some other things in the back half of the podcast, pop culture, news, whatever's picking our brains at the moment. I, of course, am Brian. I'm here with my fun-sized co-host, Tim. Tim, how are you this week? Dude, doing great. Doing great. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. had a blast last week. Oh, before um, we before you start, hold on, let's get this thing going. Oh, All there right, we go. That's, there what we go. You, that's what you wanted. Um, no, that was that was a lot of fun last week. Um, first episode, obviously, uh, was was some feeling out period. Um, you know, we're we're, we're going to get better every week as we do this. Um, you know, listeners, though, we we, we need you guys to respond. Um, email ripping ripping the rack podcast at gmail dot com, and of course, find us on Facebook at ripping the rack podcast. Uh, send us your questions. Send us your uh, feedback. Um, this Topics is, you want to hear yeah. us talk about. Things yeah. like that. You know, we we want to have you guys drive the content. We'll talk about questions you have, things, topics, whatever you guys want. We're we're open to talking about a lot of stuff. We 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 do. We like to talk. We're, yes. we're, we talk about stuff. And today's podcast, uh, the bowling aspect, is going to be focused uh, Maine today. Um, we are from Maine, so let's face it, we're going to go first. Um, other states and guys, <laughs> don't worry. You're going to get your own episodes and topics and about New Hampshire, Massachusetts, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. But today we're going to focus on Maine. We're going to talk about all-time favorite bowlers. We're going to talk about some current bowlers. We picked the years of 2000 to the present kind of do the current, if you will. They're in no particular order on the current side. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite gear, bowling ball, shoes, um, you know, bowling material, lanes. Um, and then we're going to get out of the bowling. But first, we uh, Tim took some time out to interview uh, a main legend. Tim, you want to open the interview? Absolutely. Uh, and let me preface this. Uh, un- unfortunately, we did have some technical issues um, with the recording and with the interview itself. Um, it was done, unfortunately, via cell phone, uh, cell phone to cell phone. Um, but we got most of it. And um, uh, this week we have Charlie Mylan. Um, you know, that is our special guest interview today for the show. Um, Charlie is a 24-time, I believe it's 24-time, Maine State Singles Champion a multiple-time world champion. Um, in 1982, Charlie became the youngest person and first male bowler ever elected to the Maine Sports Hall of Fame. And in 1999, Sports Illustrated named Charlie to the top 50 greatest sports figures to come from the state of Maine. And, and last but not least, in 2004, Charlie was inducted into the ICBA Hall of Fame. Uh, Charlie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me and agreeing to our first interview for Ripping the Rack podcast. <laughs> so um let's start let's start over here Charlie. What uh uh what what got you into bowling? Well, I had uh, this uh lady that my, my grandparents brought me up and uh, I lived with them. And I'm about 5 or 6 years old and uh, we were in the liquor business and the liquor inspector was a friend of the family, his wife collected all the rents from my grandfather, three or four hundred a month we had at all kinds of different packed houses and banquets. And he took, he's the one that took me bowling and took me for quite a while until I could finally 
started rolling through my legs, took the ball out, and I just uh, kept bowling and bowling, and the more you do in anything, you're going to get more proficient at. I got to be pretty good. That's how it worked. I did. Uh, I had a great run at it until I, I could cut off three years ago, and now I haven't thrown a ball in three years. Okay. You uh, you've obviously bowled in a uh, in in a few big matches. What's uh, uh, you know, one of one of our listeners wanted to know what's uh, what's one of your favorite matches that you had? Favorite money matches that you had? Well, the best match probably ever bowled was Chip Carson and I. Uh, I it was for the state championship, if I remember right. Yeah, in Brewer. And we didn't televise it. After that, I televised them all. And uh, it ended up 1389 to 1388. <laughs> that, that, you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't walk in the ball alley. That was when, 1980? Oh, wait, 1990. Well, I don't know when it was. I can't uh, remember. I, want, I, want yeah. I, I kind of remember it. But. but I was in college from 54 to 58. And the best candlepin bowler uh, in the game was Joe Colina from one mass. You probably never heard of him. And, uh, I mean, we've got some great bowlers today, you know, and and been great golf bowlers every, you know, every decade, every 10 years when the game changed, it got souped up and all that. But Joe Colina is the best bowler I've ever bowled against. And uh, we set up a match and for big-time money. I mean, big time. And uh, uh, it was, I remember right, it was in Beverly, I think. It's 24 lanes going one way, 24 the other, and a monstrous lobby in between there. And uh, and uh, that, that, that that was, you know, quite a thing. There was probably 4,000 people on the bowling alley. It was unbelievable. And what? How many strings? Ten strings? Ten strengths, yeah. I can't even remember the, uh, I don't think, I don't know. We had both bowled, it's under, listen to this one, both bowled ten strings at the Huntington 55. That was a big lane, Record American, the big lane every year with quite a few thousand dollars involved way back in the 50s and 60s. And uh, uh, we bowled uh, in that and the, uh, I bowled with somebody from New Hampshire, you know, Manchester. I think it was Vic Tatro was my partner. And I don't know who Joe bowled with. But then we both left there and went out to, uh, I think it was Beverly, I think. It was whatever that place was. It was 24 one way, 24 the other. And we bowled 10 strings that night, I think 7 o'clock. Had my grandfather come down, my father. They never went to, you know, come down to. Yeah. And it was, Matches. I bowled all kinds of matches. Joe Colina was the best bowler I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. I've seen them all. So I bowled with them all, and uh, and I always said. And then he went ten pin, and then he went flat. He was a he was a uh, chemist, and Scott uh, owned a big big junk uh, 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 Massachusetts. Huh. Okay. And, uh, he didn't bet much, but I didn't know how much, and I drove him crazy because every Sunday we'd bowl at tournaments, you know, New Hampshire or Mass or somewhere. 
week while Kate afterwards told me, Joe, when I interview more guys, and I said, Joe, how much? He's so finally said, I'm going to tell you, I bet $150, and I'm not a gambler. My father's not a gambler. And I, you know, nobody's supposed to ever know that. He says, it's all like that. The match was 15000 Holy smoke. And then uh, that way, you know, naturally, you don't put that. That's uh, that's uh, that's big money for nowadays. I couldn't imagine back then. Well, there was a lot of money then. When you went to racetracks, I used to go to California a lot in the summer, and there was hundred dollar windows there with lines of people, just a hundred dollar. You know, there was lots and lots of money around. Wow. You know who backed him? Bookies and gangsters and. Oh yeah. And uh, I had my grandfather and father come down there because I didn't have that kind of money on me. I had quite a bit, but not that much. So did, that's what, that was that's so, the best, the biggest match ever bowled. That's that's uh, that's amazing. I I honestly, Charlie, I couldn't imagine bowling for bowling for that much. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. So I got another question here. Everybody knows that obviously you and Kansas. Uh, you and Kansas really were the were the figureheads behind the world's tournament, which obviously is the the, the biggest tournament for Candleton Bowling now. What uh... we started it, him and I, no one else, him and I, and then we had uh, Bob Kelly, old Bob Kelly, and a couple more guys helped me a little bit on one end, but uh, you know, uh, we're the two guys that in Kansas now with his crew on his end. And uh, we started that thing. What was? Where was the first? Where was the first one again? Uh, Sydney, Nova Scotia. Okay. What was the? Two hundred. It was their two hundredth anniversary, and they had money, you know, to spend on the on the on the thing. They flew twenty of us. There were twenty. We took four teams. That's all. Five on a team. No subs. No nothing. Bowl four matches a day. Naturally, we didn't. I built the money into what we ended up now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, into that, uh, and uh, and uh, with you know, that was a corporation. I never told anybody. I had a, it was a nonprofit, and uh, in other words, I owned the tournament. Okay, but I, it it cost me plenty to keep that tournament going and get it to where it was, and uh, naturally. Bowling alleys that had it everywhere. I was like different ones sometimes in Canada when we finally ended up in Halifax. And uh, it, uh, it was a lot of fun for me. No, that was, I, I, I obviously, I, I started in 92 in that tournament. Um, if I recall correctly, you called me like two weeks before the tournament, and uh, I think you had to put a team together. And, and you, I, I just remember getting a call. And, uh, you know, I don't think you really gave me much of a choice. I think you pretty much told me I was bowling. Um, well, did, uh, did, uh, you didn't go to the first one. You weren't in the first one. No, I was not. Okay. Here's how we did the first one to get the four teams to go. I took the first 19 finishers in the Can-Am. And, uh, and then I don't bowl in it because I was running the can I mean, excuse me, in the Milan Memorial took the first 19 finishes, and I can't remember who won, the, won it. But, and we put 
we put the, I put the first five guys on one team, the second five, third. I said, well, I, I said, this is what I want to do. And then they said to me, well, how about we brought these five guys from Master Bowl together, Flynn and them, and Jackie Ray, which was a great team. And so I said, go ahead, and then we'll do it from there on down. Chip Carson was like in his heyday then, and he ended up on the worst team, you know, the last, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I bowled. I probably bowled with him, I guess, the, the last five guys. No, I took all the old guys. Yeah. Donovan, and we were all way older, 20 years older than all the bowlers, you know, way back. So that's how we started it, and then it kept getting bigger. We added more teams. And then, but when we started, when we did that, I can remember I'd get up the bowl and all those Canadians would start singing the Star Spangled Banner, playing a while. The more they sang, the more strikes and spirits I got. <laughs> they, they, they used the wrong psychology with me because I can block everything out out there when I do it. I don't see right or left. I'm in everyone's way, you know that. Everyone, you know, when I'm ready to bowl, I bowl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why concentration. I mean, you can't forget the other guy. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know. <laughs> so what was? So I hope. <laughs> I won a couple. I won a couple tournaments, so I I feel good. I I uh, I did what I could for the game, and uh, and that's how it is. So I I need to ask this because because Angie had a specific question for me to ask. My wife Angie. Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Troll. She she wants to know how the hell you came up with Troll as my nickname. <laughs> well, you ever, hey, listen, there's Troll movies and everything now. Right? <laughs> well, you were you were a little short guy, kind of. <laughs> well, you were thin way back then, though. I don't know. I just said he's a troll. And I can remember your kids there, the yeah, the oldest one. He kept saying, "My father's a troll." He said, "What's a troll?" <laughs> they had the movies then, right? The trolls, that troll guys around for years. I don't know, Charlie. That was. I'm gonna. It's funny. I I saw a book yesterday in BJ's. It was Paul Taylor. Yep. And, I gotta get it. I gotta get it and send it to you. It's a troll book. Okay. You know, both the troll nation. Yeah. Funny people. That's all. I gonna. I can remember we bowled over and uh, that all night. Uh, oh my God! Yes. Over at there in uh, Oxford Hills. Yeah. And so at the end we ended up tied, and you <laughs> wanted to bowl another string, and that just says. <laughs> Just give me half the money for my team. I'll see you later. <laughs> so I walk out the door, and you're just still scratching your head. You know, I just ignored that you want to hold another string. You could figure it out. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I do. <laughs> and, he, uh, and I said, I really didn't know you then. I, I said, who is that little fat guy? Anyway? <laughs> I, oh, that's what I did. I'm in the car, and I said, you know what? He reminds me of a troll. <laughs> That was it. Oh. Over there. Yeah. Oh. Your kid's got a great kick out of though, the oldest one. Man. No, I know. Oh, no. I, I, he, he still he still loves it. You'll always be the troll. I use that on the Facebook. You know, I was never on Facebook. 
So two winters ago, summers, I'm in the uh, ice cream, and I'm always asking the kids there certain things, and it's all Facebook related. And, and she says, give me your phone. I said, don't put me on Facebook. I don't want any part of that. They put me on it, and also the Snapchat. I'm on that. So <laughs> they, everybody, anyone, you know, has me as a friend or whatever can see where I am all the time. Oh, that's funny. Um, hey, I wouldn't want to do that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, probably not. Uh, I got one more question from a uh, from a listener. Um, they want to know who your top five bowlers from the state of Maine are. I'm not going to include myself, so okay. Five names. Uh, 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 Don Patchell, Russ Neely. Men, you want men, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chip Carson. Uh, Herb McBride from the West. How many is that? That's four. Uh, I'll tell you who was a great competitor was Al Joy. But, listen, I can give you a list of 30 guys and take your pick on all 30. You know what I mean? I do. You know, see, bowlers, you know, you're great today and tomorrow you're not so good. And for 10 years you go good, and, you know. But uh, I always thought Joe Colina and I could beat anybody. That's what my, you know, I bowled with Baldinelli. He was a great bowler. But, yep. Uh, you know, Patchell was tough, really tough. But Russ Neely, Russ Neely's as good as anyone ever bowled, let me tell you. Don't think he isn't. So, and, and Carson was right there, too. But uh, I'll tell you, Sean Morrison was good. But now he's got that job and he don't bowl, really. He goes to a tournament, but he's interested in running them mud bikes or something instead of bowling. You know? Yep. And listen, I always said, there's a five-man team. I want Matero on my team. Now, I don't care about Colina and Baldinelli, <laughs> but I want him as one bowler. And I, and I always said to the guys, I don't want a bowler last, but I want him on my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you I couldn't knew... figure that out. No, because people are always, who's the Christ I can't? I've bowled with so many people. I mean... The old, old-timers, Edgar Keith in Bangor, when I was just a little tiny boy, and uh, and, and uh, Ralph, uh, uh, Ralph Scott, Jerry Scott's uh, father. Oh, boy, boy, what a bowler he was. Oh, boy. Jerry, listen, Jerry Scott was the greatest practice bowler that ever bowled, and he could bowl. He's the one... He was on our team in the oh. world that won that team. Oh, yeah. No, Jerry was a great bowler. It was. Huh? He Jer- said to us, he yeah. said, 
he said, uh, I'm going to keep score in the playoffs. I'm too nervous. He says, I don't. He said, and he averaged like uh, almost 130, I think, for the tournament. He says, I don't want, but Jerry's call was quite a bowl. We got, I got all kinds of, Don Saucia, he was a great, great competitor. You know, we got a whole bunch of them down there. Nick Gillis, he was okay. You know, no, nothing there. So, my my last question that I have for you, Charlie, is actually pretty simple, and I don't know if you remember this. I, I'm pretty sure you do because you've got a you've got a great memory. When we won in 2001, we get down to we get down to the last two boxes. I'm getting up. I'm bowling anchor. Yeah, I remember that. And you pulled me aside. Yeah. I remember and, what I said too. And you remember what you said? <laughs> what? Yeah, do you remember? Uh, oh, I do. I I re, I still remember to this day. You 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 basically you you threatened to cut my balls off if we if I blew that yeah, lead. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's <laughs> what I told you. Then I'll be goddamned if you didn't throw a ball way down in the end. <laughs> those strikes that came backwards. <laughs> I said, oh Jesus, when I saw the ball going the wrong way. And those pins come back like uh, there was someone, I don't know, maybe uh, Randy was down there with a stick or something. <laughs> what, was that in Brewer? That, no, that was that was Halifax. That's where we won the Worlds? Yeah. Well, didn't we win it? In, did we ever win it in Brewer? I didn't. Nope. You might. You you might have. I can't even remember to tell you the truth. But I just, I won. I, you know, that, that tournament went like there was no tomorrow because I ran it. I had a control of the money to pay for everything. And uh, let me tell you, that was quite a trick. I don't know how these guys are doing now, but, uh, you know, I got it to where it was, no question. Yeah. You know. and, uh, I hope they're doing good. I hope it does well. Always. That's the best tournament ever bowled, that I ever bowled in. Oh, it's great. It's my, it's, it's the one, the one tournament I look forward to all year. And, yeah. Everyone does. Everybody. We just got through the one first the the tournament in November, and the next day they're talking about the next year's tournament. Yep. Everybody. You know, if you talk to any of the bowlers. No, it went good. It went good. Hey, everything was. And we're back. Um, you know, Charlie, I'll, I'll say this. I can't thank you enough for everything you have done for the game. Um, not only that, but for me specifically. Uh, honestly, besides obviously my mother um, and Russ Neely, you were the probably the most impactful person to uh, help me become the bowler uh, that I that I did eventually become. Uh, you were a mentor when I needed one, and of course, an even better friend. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie, that was a great, awesome historical look at Maine. Charlie played a part in my bowling life as well. Um, when I started to go to college at the University of Maine Orono. In the fall of 2004, I didn't have a place to bowl. I knew I was going to bowl in Augusta on Thursday nights in the men's league over there, the Pioneer Men's League. Um, but I wanted to bowl great two leagues. league, by the way. It was really oh, good. God, great league. <laughs> if you didn't average 120, you weren't sniffing the top 15 oh, averages God, no. in that league. No, that was. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little about. I, I I do want to talk a little bit about that league. Uh, maybe next week or whatever. Mm. Um, some of the tournaments and and leagues that we've bowled in. Some of the. You know the the fun aspects behind it as well as um and friends. that's yeah that's where you guys can come in too tell us some of your favorite leagues some of your favorite tournaments you've bowled in 
Uh, I know there's some new tournaments out there that are doing a lot for the game. The Outrun the Bear tournament, I don't, I haven't bowled in it personally, but I want to. It looks like a lot of fun. Oh no, that looks cool. I think it's what done. Is it Fitchburg? Uh, it's or is that the King I'm of the Palace? I'm not quite sure. I think King of the Palace is Fitchburg. Fitchburg. Okay. Um. Oh, by the way, before I go any further, um, in that interview with Charlie, the the one thing that really stood out to me, um, uh, that was, I kind of gave me my wow moment, um, the match he had, um, $15,000, 10 string match, 15 grand. It's a lot of money. So I, I did a little research cause I'm just, I'm like, I don't know. That's a lot of money. Even for today. That's a, that's a, I couldn't imagine bowling a 10 string match for 15 grand. Um, but let me put it this way. I don't know when the match was. I, I just frankly forgot to ask. But I'm going to guess it was sometime in the mid-60s. So I went back and looked. 15000 the value of $15,000 from 1965 to today. What would that be in today's dollars? In today's dollars, folks, that would be $122,911.90 to be exact. So they essentially bowled for a modest house. I Yes. In today's economy. In today's economy. Uh, that is just... I don't know anybody that let, would, would let me bowl for that much money. <laughs> I know Kelly I, certainly <laughs> wouldn't. Kelly's my wife. There's no way ever. I, I mean, I just... I, I I love competing. I do. I, I love bowling. I love competing. I love being in the in the moment. I just... I honestly don't know what I would do is if I had 15 gur. <laughs> on the line and trying to bowl. I, I just... It, it flummoxes me. I mean, me. back then, that was a yes, car, Yes, I used the right? word flummox. That, that was a car, right? Back then, 15 grand? It's a, it's a car now. Right, but it was a new car back then. Yeah, well, back then, a new car was less than that. Mm, wow. That's true. But to close out my story... Sorry, I, I'm sorry. Oh, no interrupt. problem. I walked in on the Monday Night Men's League that Chip Carson told me to show up at. I bowled a Best Box in Augusta and was paired with Chip and Kevin Sparks on lanes. And I, I looked at Chip. I go, you bowling Bangor, right? He goes, yeah. I go, I need a league to bowl on. I'm new up there. I go to college. He goes, come over Monday night. And then I ended up bowling there the next six years. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, wait. Is that the one you had me come up? Yes, yes. Ah, okay. That was yeah. the one I had you come up and sub. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. fun. Through Good league. 15 marks in a row? Uh, 15 or 17, I can't remember. Yeah, it, it was, was a lot. <laughs> it was like... Uh, I started out the string with 10 in a row and then started the next string, I think, with 7 in a row. And I, I remember you laughing because the guy keeping score turned to you and asked where you brought me from. Yeah, what <laughs> planet is this guy from? <laughs> that was back when I could throw a few. Mm-hmm. So let's get into, let's just start in the top five main bowlers of all time. Oh, you want to jump right into it? We're going to jump right in. Uh, what we're going to talk about here first is the top five Main bowlers, in our opinion, these are our opinions. We're not trying to offend anybody. Oh, I am. Herb. <laughs> Tim is. Please take your pitchforks and burning torches to Tim's house, not mine. Um, but it's going down. <laughs> You're yelling timber. I'm down. I'm yelling timber. Okay. You want me to go? Or you want to go? Um. Well, I was just going to preface it by saying again, these are opinions. Um. Tim's top five all time is a little different than mine. Tim has seen a lot more bowling in his time than me. I'm not saying Tim's old. I'm old. He's seasoned. He's very seasoned. I'm well seasoned. It's like a fine cigar kind of thing, Ooh, maybe. I could be a, like a not n- not everybody likes it, Cuban, but those that Cuban do cigar? actually really like it. So Cuban, sure, okay, yeah, you can be Cuban beat. I'm, I'm like a I'm like a fine you Cuban. Can have that Cuban beat, nice. Um, so 
So, Tim, go right ahead. I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, So, this is... So, I've been bowling... um, If you listen to the first episode, a long time. Started in 1975 as as a four-year-old bowling in leagues. So, I'm actually going to go from what I can really remember. And again, this is not... I do not have Herb McBride or Don Patchell on here. Um, they they probably would be. They're great bowlers, but they were before my time and never saw them bowl. So this is all people that I have seen or bowled with. So I'll preface that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not including myself in the top five main men. I, um, I'm not either. No, I, I, I took myself out of my list. Oh, I thought you weren't including me and I was going to... I was going to... Did I include you? Have you heard my list? <laughs> I have not. Um, so I did not include myself, um, even though the, the the ego that I have sometimes wants to include it. It's very humble of you, Tim. The, Thank the, you. The therapy's paying off. <laughs> <laughs> um, number and, and this is in order for me. Um, this is uh, number one, uh, obviously, Charlie Mylan. I, I just I think that that's pretty. Spoiler and, alert: He's my number one too. I mean, yeah, I, I think I'd be foolish. Um, number two, and honestly, as close to Charlie as Russ Neely. Um, I I I had the pleasure of Russ buying the bowling alley that I bowled at as a kid, and I, I don't remember if it was '86 or '87 or even '88. Somewhere in the in the mid to late '80s, and um, you know, he pulled me aside. I think I was like 17 or 18. Um, he pulled me aside and he was like, "Look." He's like, you have potential, you have potential, and you have potential. <laughs> uh, no, he he pulled me aside. And he told me I had potential, and you know, if I wanted to come down and practice and bowl, um, I could come down any time and bowl against him. And uh, I took him up on the offer. Um, there was times where I was down at the bowling alley, you know, four or five times a week um, in the afternoon when I get out of work. Um, I'd go down and bowl, and I'd bowl against Russ. Um, man, he kicked my butt a lot. Um, and, and we didn't bowl for big money. I mean, we probably bowled like a buck a string because, frankly, at the time, I think I was making like four or five bucks an hour working at McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, I just I didn't have money. Um, but Russ being Russ, I always wanted to put something on it. Um, He's a competitor. He is a competitor. And he, you know, I remember the first time I beat him, um, I got, oh, my God, I was so excited. And he never said a word to me about it. He just looked at me and said, I'll see you tomorrow. And I, I kind of never forgot that, that I know he was proud of the fact that I beat him. Nah, probably not proud. I think he was probably irritated and, and probably... Or plotting how he was going to bury you by 200 pins oh tomorrow. Oh, my God, probably. Um, you know, but so Russ Neely is number two. Russ um, is my number two as well. I didn't see as much of Russ bowling. So... But he carries with me a name that is synonymous with main bowling. He... I always looked at him as, like, I'll, I'll use it. I'm a video gamer, so I like to use the term final boss. If Charlie's the final boss of main bowling, Russ is the one you got to beat to get to him. Yeah. And yeah. you can't do that. So A lot of people didn't. <laughs> I was lucky enough. I saw Russ's... Russ has a state record for the state of Maine, 1485. Um, and he bowled that in the state elimination tournament um, up in Bangor, uh, back when the state elimination tournament was 10 strings... Con- consecutive. You didn't take a break. You bowl five boxes, switch lanes, bowl five boxes, switch lane. You bowl five boxes against, you know, ten strings against one person, and you just went back and forth. And he bowled Don Saucier. Uh, Don. Um, Don's a Hall of Famer. He's correct? a Hall of Famer. Uh, a tremendous bowler. I mean, just Don was a great guy 
uh, was. Don's a great guy and a uh, and a great bowler. Um, and and Russ, uh, I I I remember watching because um, I was you know nineteen or twenty at the time, and you know Russ went one sixty something. 160 something, 180 something, 160 something, four straight strings. And if you knew Russ and you saw Russ you, and you knew he was into the match, he was very animated on the lane. Um, he would, you know, I, I can remember him throwing a double and running back, like just because he was, he was so into the match. Um, it just, it was an amazing 1485. Um, you know, and it's funny because when I bowled my 1459, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I could find 20 more pins or 30 more pins. I, I just. I mean, I'm still 180 something pins oh. off of that for my high 10 ever. Oh, the only thing I've seen that is comparable to that is the first year Newport Entertainment Center opened, they ran a singles tournament, the Lovely Tournament, I think yep. it was. And I drew lanes with um, Chris Sargent. Now, the story was that Sarge had come up a week before that, had set the mark in the high 700s, yeah. and uh, Sean Baker came up and beat it, and I guess went back down and told Sarge, hey, I just knocked you off, and Sarge came up and warmed up. He threw the first 200 string during warm-ups, and then he proceeded to go out and throw 808 for five strings, and I got to watch it firsthand. That's cool. I looked at him at one point. I was 18, and I said, I didn't know him. I go, sir? And I said, sir, if whenever you need me to move, just tell me and I will back away. Because <laughs> he's throwing 160 clip. Just boom, boom. And if Russ was that animated being in it, I don't know if it's because it was a versus match against somebody else. Chris looked like Tiger Woods. He'd throw a double and just little fist bump. Yep. Pick the next ball up. He looked like a pitching machine that was just set to auto kill pins. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, when we get to Massachusetts, Chris's... Um... In my top five, in my top three, and uh, I, is probably my second behind Tommy Olsta. Mm. Um, sorry to hijack that, but uh, no problem. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just saying, Russ is also my number two. We're gonna start differing, I think, here when we get to the next three. My uh, number three for me is Al Joy, um, and number four is Chip Carson. I I could probably swap them and be very comfortable having Chip at number three and Al at number four. Uh, they were both amazing. I've bowled with both of them. I've bowled against both of them. Um, God, what fun. What fun bowling against those guys. Um, and a little story about Chip. Um, the first time I ever met Chip, and Chip will laugh. Um, mm. So I was young, I don't know, 2021, bowling in my first pro tour, uh, main pro tour. And the first event was in Old Town. And um, I'm up warming up. And very rarely, I don't I don't wear jeans when I bowl a lot now, but I did back then. And and I've got jeans on and my bowling shirt, and I'm up warming up, and this guy comes up behind me and gets in my ear and goes, hey, you got a nice ass in those jeans. And turns around <laughs> and walks away. And I just went, oh, my God, what just happened? And I went over to my mother, and I was like, um, Mom, because my mom bowled in the uh, Pro Tour as well, um, she was a, my mom was a hell of a bowler, um, you know, very consistent. But anyway, I, I digress. I went over to my mom and I was like, oh, "Mom, uh, some guy just told me my butt looked good in my jeans," and uh, she laughed because she looked and she goes, "That's Chip," and I and I knew the name and I didn't realize how good he was until mm. I saw him bowl and I was like, "Oh my god, um, Chip's a great friend." 
Um, I love Chip. I, I, I adore our friendship. I, I think the world of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Chip is, is my number three. I didn't get to see Al Bowl. I've seen Al Bowl okay. maybe twice in my entire life. Yeah. Both times I think we're at a Best Box in Colonial before it closed. He when he was done. Chief. Yeah, when he was done. Yeah. yeah. Um, but from everything I've heard, he was as much of a machine. But oh my. Chip... So, Al... <laughs> What's funny about Al is he's, he is one of the only guys I know that the more beer he drank, the better he became. Like, literally, the mm. better bowler he became, the more <laughs> beer he drank. Um, and I, I, if you want to talk about someone that can cut a shot over, um, when people ask me, he is the first one that comes to my mind of someone that, for some reason, just has that innate ability to cut shots. And... Um, and a super nice. I, I love Al. I, I just have him bowled with him. Um, he's very intimidating to bowl against if you don't know him mm. because he doesn't talk. A lot like Charlie. A lot like Charlie. First couple of times I bowled Charlie, I thought I was making him very angry, but I realized Charlie does not care if you're there. No. No. <laughs> um, and, you know, I put number five. Um, the the humble the, the non-humble side of me actually put me at number five. Um but I didn't. I actually put Sean Morrison. Um, Sean came onto the scene as an 18-year-old in 2001 and just threw a hell of a ball. Um, Left-to-right action as a right-hander, you know, it just kind of cut it across. And hard. And hard. And he had a run um, that rivaled anyone. Um, winning state titles, winning world titles. Going away for a long time in the state of Maine. He was, you know, he had it. He had it a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very, very happy for him and the success that he's had. Um, mm. I, uh, you know, taking personalities out of this and everything else, he, the the kid had a, a kid. I mean, he's, he's 30s now. Um, hell of a talent. Um, and I don't know if he realizes how good he could have been had he really stuck with it. Um, I know he spends a lot of time working now, so... And um, with his kids. And, and with his kids and, and hunting and, and... And let's face it, bowling, it, when you're that good, and there's not a lot for you to accomplish yeah. anymore. Um, you know, It's well-deserved. It is. And so, you know, I do have some honorable mentions on here that I will say. Um, Elmer Tibbetts. Um, Elmer, unfortunately, hurt his back, and, and that really killed his career. Um, I only saw E.T. back the first couple of years he came back when yeah. his back wasn't bothering him yeah. again, and he was really yeah. Uh, you know, Don Saucier, uh, Jim Singleton. Um, oh, you and Jim used to just destroy everybody uh, in Jim best just, boxes. I love Jim. Jim was such a great There was bowler. a string. We used to have an uncapped best box at 1710 in Augusta, and there was a string. I bowled 13 months in a row. Because I was bound to determine, I was bowling with my dad, that we were going to at least cash in one of these. And 12 out of the 13 months, Tim and Jim Singleton won. And this is not like winning by two or three. It was winning by 15 to 20 pins, but bowling 14 to 1,500 together. 16? Yeah. Yeah, we hit hit 1,600. um, And I don't know if Jim Singleton missed a nine-pin drop that I saw in any of those months. Best single-pin picker I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Jim Singleton. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and that's also including, you know, I got Ray Doobie, Al Nelson, Matt Rich, um, Nate Neely, uh, Mark Smith, 
Dick Allen, Frank Lane. Ray broke um, your house record at Westport the day after you said it, didn't he? Yeah, Ray. I don't like Ray. <laughs> Just kidding. I love Ray. Ray's a great guy. Um, I don't like him because he beat me in the state finals by really putting it to me in, in, uh, uh, down at Westport. Uh, he went 13.90. Um, I had set the lane record like the day before at 13.30. Um, and he, he and went, anybody that knows Westport knows 1390 at Westport seems like an oasis in a faraway desert. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he was on fire. I mean, I went. I, I was 1290 or 1300. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I was I bowled great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my top five main men of all time yeah. um, that I've seen. Again, um, no disrespect to anyone else. Um, and I'm sure I have forgotten people. Um you know, but we'll go from there. What about you, Brian? Um, well, again, as I said with yours, uh, Charlie, Russ, Chip is my number three. Again, Chip was the guy that introduced me to Bangor, made me feel comfortable and at home. He always does. Anytime I walk in there and he's behind the counter, I immediately feel like I'm at home. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that really makes me like going to Bangor and Bowl. Um, my number four is controversial. Some people think he is full of himself and arrogant. I just call him my friend. Uh, Tim is my number four. Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, growing up in Rockland, <laughs> um, I was tucked away from the big bowling um, areas of Bangor, of Augusta, of southern Maine. But little did I know until I started really getting into bowling, I had one of the best bowlers in the state living in my hometown. He just cho- didn't choose to bowl here. And that wasn't a knock against our area. Getting into bowling, I figured out why. You need to go bowl better people to get better. And Tim needed the constant drive to bowl better people. And it just made me want to get that good so someday I could bowl with Tim. Which I've been lucky to do. Um, But for me, being tucked away in Rockland, Tim was bowling growing up. And I'm not saying that because he's sitting right next to me. I'm saying it because it's true. Um, But he's my number four. And my number five is Sean. Uh, Morrison. Sean also played a big part when I got to Bangor because Sean was, well, Sean Morrison. In that stretch, you would kind of stopped bowling around when I went to college in 2004, 2005, and there you just bowled the Worlds. For yeah, a I, while. Had, uh, I had you know a couple of jobs that I worked nights, yeah, so, I, so I couldn't bowl leagues. You know, and... I, and then I saw Sean, and I'm like, he's close to my age. I think Sean's four years older than me, maybe, I think. I'll be 35 this year. I think Sean's about 39. I think so. Um, So to me, it was a younger bowler that I knew. Again, I wasn't going down. I didn't bowl the Opens yet. I didn't bowl any of that stuff yet. I was still bowling just leagues in college. And for me, it was, well, he's the best in the state right now. I got to try and keep up with him. And I practice and practice. And, you know, all these guys that are on my top five, other than Russ, I've had a chance to either bowl with or bowl against and they've influenced my bowling career in some way or another, and that's why they're in my top five for the most part. Yeah. I mean, they're all accomplished bowlers, but that's just – that's how I picked them. So, <laughs> and, again, I, I left myself off because, you know, let's not be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um I, I want to jump to one thing before we kind of um, look at wrapping up. we got a couple of things, other things to talk about, but I did want to mm-hmm. bring up some women because um, there have been some amazingly great – Women bowlers oh, yes. in the state of Maine, mm-hmm. um, some, and I wanna, some hidden hidden ones, and some hidden hidden talents. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give uh, these are my top five main women that I have seen, um, and again, I'm going to say from all time, you know, but it's from what I've seen. 
Um, number one is Dot Petty. Um, anyone that has, doesn't have Dot as your as your number one bowler, well, again, you may not have seen her bowl. Um, I never got to see Dot bowl. She was, uh, oh my god, and a nice lady from what I've heard too. One of the absolute sweetest ladies I've ever met. I love Dot. Um, number two, I actually have my sister Karen. Um, Karen didn't get to see Karen bowl either, but you know, it's it, maybe some of it's biased because she is my sister. Um, but Karen had a stretch, um, you know, a ten-year stretch where she was probably the most feared bowler in the state of Maine because she was the most um, mentally tough bowler that I've ever seen, and a single pin picker. Yeah, well, again, just most she never allowed herself. <coughs> excuse me. I'm getting all clumped. Yeah. Uh, she never allowed herself to get beat. Like, she didn't beat herself. If you were going to beat Karen, it's because you were on your game. You outbowled her. And you outbowled her. Uh, but she was never going to beat herself. Um, and Karen quit. Just one day said, you know what? I've won everything there is to win. I got nothing else to prove. I'm done. And she hasn't picked up a bowling ball. And But she could win a Can-Am if a spot opened. And she could do it with you. Well, that would be a great way to come back. That would be if I could get a spot in the can. <laughs> FYI, I still don't have a spot. Hmm. Been on the list for a while. Hopefully, yeah, it's I get a, a popular spot. tournament. But it is. Anyways, um, so Karen is number two. Um, Amanda Carroll is number three, and Amanda is still going. Um, I don't know if she's oh peaked my yet. God. She's such a great bowler and a great teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely love bowling with Amanda. Um, number four, uh, number four and five, I can I can I can flip flop and it wouldn't. Again, it, it's like the it's like the uh, uh, the chip in the AJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I could I could flip flop. Um, I have uh, Val Joy as number four mm-hmm. um, and uh, Judy Bowden as number five. Um, and I both can, Hall of Famers. And both Hall of Famers. Both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I've bowled with both of them. I've bowled against both of them. Um, great people. Um, yes, very much. I bowled the league with Judy at one Judy, time. Judy's a sweetheart. She she really is a sweetheart. Um, hell of a competitor on the oh. lane. Um, you know, one of the one of the best competitors on the lane. Sweet lady off the lane. Mm. And great for the game. She helps the young bowlers oh as much God, as she yeah. can. Yep. And uh, Val is uh, Val intimidated the heck out of me. Val's um, the only woman as... to captain a men's world's team, isn't she? Oh yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> um, but Val intimidated the heck out of me because of her competitiveness on the lane. Um, she was a great bowler. But you know what I found off the lane was again a sweet, sweet lady. A lot um, of it's you look at Craig Holbrook. Oh my God, Craig Holbrook is arguably one of the greatest oh. bowlers of all time, but just the nicest dude in the world. Yep. Um, Val, I was bowling next to Val when she set the state record for the single string. Uh, she pulled a 200 on the oh. nose in Pittsfield. Um, and I was bowling next to her. And uh, I remember I was watching, um, and I unfortunately um, paid more attention to her string than I was my own bowling. Uh, but that was because I didn't want to get in her way uh, because mm. she was throwing such a great ball. But I remember um, she threw a spare in the 10th, and she was looking up at the score and I just looked, I, you know, and she kind of looked at me, and I just looked at her. I said, Val, just throw a strike. Stop thinking about it and just throw a strike. And she kind of looked, and she kind of shook her head, and she got up, and she threw the hammer mm. for 200 on the dot. And it was the coolest thing. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my top five. I mean, look, there's – there's, I, I, I got some honorable mentions, obviously. Paula Truman, um, 
Sharon Neely, Brooke Betteridge, Mona Lamar, Leanne Lowe, Carol Little, Brooke Ricky, Ricky Justice. Sports Illustrated a few years ago was winning the yep. Grand Slam in Maine. Yep. Uh, Carol Swenson and my mom, Betty. Mm. Uh, Betty Snowman. Um, you know, it's... Uh, love you, Mom. Lo- love you, Mom. Mm. Um, please let me be your favorite child. Because I mentioned you on the podcast, and, and my brother <laughs> and my sister have not ever mentioned you on a podcast. So That's true. I, I think that should make me the favorite child. <laughs> um, do you want to do you want to do a quick one for uh, kind of current bowlers? Uh, current bowlers, like uh, so, Amanda, obviously. Yeah. Um, both you and Todd both are still female, or well, we could do either. Um, Chris Merrill's having a heck of a run right now, huh? Oh, Chris! Oh no, Chris! Chris is having a heck of a run. Um, I. Newsflash, I don't have him on my top five since 2000, mm. and the only reason is because he's only been the last, like, two or three years. Well, he's a lot younger, too, than I, I know. me and you. <laughs> I know. But newsflash, I don't have, you know, there's a lot of people I mm. don't have. Right. But, but if Chris continues this path that he's on. He'll make the other list. He's going he's gonna to make the other list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It's there. Um, I have. Um, so we're going to talk about top five from around the 2000 to current era. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, my number one is Nate Neely. Okay. Nate is my one. Um, you're my second. You're my two. Um, you took a few years off there, and I think that hurt you in my polling. Um, I disagree with that, and and we're gonna fight. And, we're and, gonna fight to the finish. And also the, and, and really, it the, the the years you bowled really really good kept you in the two hole because Sean Morrison is at three behind you, and we all remember the butt kicking he gave you in Augusta in the eliminations that day. Dude, you know how many people have given me a butt kicking in the eliminations. Well, Chip did it, and he almost died. Yeah, well, I had torn ligaments in my foot. He had a heart attack. Uh, well, let's... <laughs> but I... continuing, um, now my four, so those are my three. Um, Nate, I hope you're loving Florida in the warm weather and playing all the golf you can. Um, but you're still, since 2000, probably the best main bowler I've seen. Um, my four is Evan Riva. Evan is an incredible young talent, a great guy, great friend. Um, Evan sucks. <laughs> um, and he's going to listen to I that. <laughs> was bowling with you guys, um, with MD and everybody in the world, and we bowled in the first year. It was in um, Massachusetts, down in... Yep. Um, I can't remember the... Academy. Academy. I'm spacing, I'm sorry. Um, and I saw Evan bowling with the Bangor team. And I was like, wow, he throws hard. Mm-hmm. That was my first impression. And then I got to know him, and I realized he was a baseball pitcher, too. And all bowling is his baseball pitching underhand. Yep. And he just, he exploded, and he is still so dominant. I mean, the list of stuff that he's won in a short amount of time, I mean, I'm not going to run into it, but it's it's worth noting. I don't I don't like Evan. <laughs> and uh, number five. Just, just so kidding, Evan number five him. is kind of... My wild card. It's going to be weird. Not a lot of people have gotten the pleasure to know this man, but Jason Kaler. Oh. Jason owns Oakland Park Lanes, or yep. Tim and I bowl. Jason not only is the owner, he works every league night by himself, and sometimes we have two leagues. He tends bar, he fixes machines, he does open bowling, and averages 128 to 130 while doing it. He doesn't warm up. He just gets up and throws. And honestly, 60% of the time, it's a strike or a nine-pin drop. It's it's very rarely a weird out-of-place ball. And to not warm up and do that is incredible. He's the nicest dude, the chillest guy. I have never once seen him lose his head on a, on a bowling lane. 
you know what's cool about Jason? Um, I struggle to do it, but he does it constantly. Is cheer everybody on? Cheer everybody on, even as he's bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the ultimate sportsman. He is. He, he is. Jason is is Jason is a oh my god J- Jason's a great bowler. He's and, averaged 120, I think, every year he's bowled in the world. It's 120 plus. And he and anyone that looks past him is is foolish for looking past him. Mm. Um, you know, he just he, hasn't uh, had the opportunity no. by not bowling in a sanctioned house. No. To bowl in the eliminations um, all that much. I have my in in mine is in no order. Um, I have I have Sean Morrison, Nate Neely, um, Evan, Mark, uh, Mark Carrier. Um, and I, I did put myself in there, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I, mine was in an order only because the top three are on my, so yeah. most are on my top five list. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I will tell you, um, I did not have Chris Merrill on there only for the simple fact is again, um, it's only been the last, you know, what, three, four years, um, that he's really made Moncton in the worlds. Oh, I this think. this past year, Moncton in the worlds was or his coming. Was his coming two out years party. ago in Moncton? No, it was two years ago when we bowled, and it was we only had like six of us. Well, that in was MD. That wasn't Moncton. We've been to Moncton two times in a row. For, I don't know. Anyway, okay, it, I I can't remember. Right. I just know that this he's past old. I am old. This past year, um, for Chris was his coming out party. Um, for bowling, high average, high average in the worlds. Um, he bowled the Moncton five sixty and averaged one thirty up there again. High average again. Um, well deserved. Kids work great, very hard. Great wall killer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris had to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've all gotten irritated on the lane. He's won a Can Am with Mona. Yep, yeah, he's won a Can Am with Mona. He's won a state elimination title, uh, ICBA title. Um, he is he. If he continues going the path that he's path, going the path that he's going down with bowling, he will no doubt make everybody's top five list um, for bowlers mm-hmm. of all time. And same with Evan. Um, I love Evan. Evan's one of my good friends. Um, I give him a hard time because I can, um, and because he gives me a hard time right back. Yep. Um, but again, another amazing young talent uh, in the game of bowling. Um, Cole Fry. Cole Fry. I mean, Cole. Cole is a great young kid. He's another one that I think he was just behind Chris in that side for the world. He was. He mm. was. He had a great tournament. Um, really looking forward to bowling with him this year in the worlds. Um, spoiler alert. I don't think. I don't think. I think it's well known. If not, oh. spoiler alert. <laughs> Cole's bowling with uh, Cole, Tim. Cole's bowling with me. <laughs> um, you know, there's been some amazing bowlers. Um, you know, Howie Brown had a great, great run. Scott Sorois. Oh. Uh, Scott had two two twenty somethings yep. in a month. Uh, Jason Sparks. Um, mm. You know, Brian Purdy, Scott Lapierre, Scott Sparks, Jeff Lapierre, Tom Pelkey, Matt Huff, Doug Smith. I mean, God, Mark Betterich might make two shows: the main show and the, in the, and the New Brunswick and the New show. Brunswick show. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, look, we we're lucky in Maine. We we don't have obviously the amount of bowlers that you know some place like Massachusetts might have. Um, but what we have is we have some amazing talent and um, some great people. Mm. Like I said, it's not saying anywhere else doesn't. No, no, no. I for my, as spread out as we are in the bowling my, community. My goal is to offend everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm an equal mm. opportunity offender. Yep. Um, it's just how it is. Uh, let's talk real quick, Brian. Um, real quick, because we've had people yep. that wanted to know um, 
you know some of the technical side of things um let's talk bowling balls um there's there's a lot of different kinds of bowling balls that you can use what's uh what do you use and what what's your favorite uh currently right now i'm using a ram 2 um it's a little bit uh denser of a bowling ball so it doesn't chip um i was using comets the new comets mm-hmm. i'll preface it and those are chipping um so i actually got a set i believe i traded a set of bowling balls with zach skinner for these rams that i'm using and i've uh i've really liked those um my all-time favorite bowling ball is uh epco reactive u yeah circa 2003 2005 somewhere in there just love the way they felt um love their lane action they got the pin action it just but again they were a soft ball they chipped a lot yeah um i do have a set coming um that i had been ordered for me prior to <laughs> covid and uh told me at the time they're like yeah because i wanted them all striped yep and they're like it takes an extra two weeks to stripe i'm like that's fine i'm okay and then, well, everybody shut down, and I think they're somewhere in the warehouse floor somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's those are the two I like. Tim, what have uh, you've used? You've used a lot of balls oh, in your time, Tim. I have played. I have played with a lot of bowling bowling balls um, in my time. Um, so my favorite, and and it's funny, is I tend to go back to these um, are my uh, the original Comet Pro Rubber bowling balls. Um, I got them uh, again. Thank you, Charlie Mylan. Uh, showed up at a tournament, saw him in the saw him in the case, and was like looking at him. And Charlie said, "You like him?" I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Go ahead, use them. You know, pay me whenever." I was like, "Okay, you sure?" And he's like, "Don't ever ask me if I'm sure again." <laughs> I said, "Okay." Uh, so I have had those bowling balls. Um, all five of my two hundred strings have been thrown with those bowling balls. Um, I can see why they're your favorite. I just, they, God, I just, I love the way they are. They're two, and it's funny, they're not two sevens, they're not two sixes, they're two six five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always end up going back to them. Um, I do like Epco, the reactive views. I like the originals better. Um, I do have a set. Um, I got a custom color one this past year. Um, the new Pro Lines? The, uh, the Epco. Pro Line um, Urethane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Pro Line Urethane. Um, I really like them. I got two sixes instead of two sevens. Um, I, I'm getting older, so I find the two sixes. Actually, I find I find the pin action better with the two six. I tend to punch more with the two seven. Um, so I go back and forth between the Proline uh, urethane two sixes and my um, my original comets that are twenty. What I think I got them in ninety one. I want to say mm. 91, 92, uh, maybe 92. So, how many sets of bowling balls do you own? Me? Yes. Two. I have two I keep in my bag. I have two downstairs, and Kelly has two. <laughs> my dad has 12. 12 sets? 12 sets in his closet. He collects them, I think. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Brian Fuller Jr.'s partial collection, I think, that he's posted <laughs> of sets of bowling balls. <laughs> I have, I mean, I've had some other bowling balls, um, Paramounts things like that one set that got stolen i did have a set that got stolen makes me sad because i did like those ones mm-hmm. um what about uh shoes what about shoes uh i am a dexter guy i've always been a dexter guy uh i have to use performance shoes i say that not because oh i have to have the no uh, if i try to use double sliders i will fall on my face um I, i'm a big foot dragger so dexter if you're listening please try and figure out how to keep a plant foot in one piece 
We're dying in Candlepin land. Yep. <laughs> We're buying new shoes every year. Um, but I'm a Dexter guy. I wore Lins once. They're just too thin. The bottoms are too thin. They hurt my feet. Okay. I started as a Lins guy. Um, I wore Lins for years. Um, but the way I slide, I slide on the corner of my heel instead of the, the full heel. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the pad would wear. Um, that The heel pad would wear. Half of it. Half of it would wear <laughs> bad. Um, so I was I was Lins for a while. And then I went to Dexter's. And then... Uh, back to Lens, and the last I don't know eight ten years whatever it's been a Dexter SST eights. That's what I'm currently um, using too, with a toe guard. Um, you know I've had these ones now for four or five years. Um, probably getting close to time to. Have you seen the new sixes they make with the boa, and you just turn the yeah, dial on the wanna, back? I wanna. I want to I want those. I I've had FootJoy golf shoes like that, and they're really cool. Yeah. So I'm wondering how bowling would be. Yeah, I, I do. I, I I want those. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know that's that's me. And then of course you know, um, I'm not a I'm not a jeans wearer. Um, when I bowl, it's, I wear shorts. <laughs> I, I I mean, I like to wear shorts, but. I blind people because I am the whitest. You're paper white. I am the whitest. You're whiter than the Nintendo Wii I'm looking at right now. (laughs) Yes, yes, I am. I'm almost translucent. Um, (laughs) It's 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 so, and the older I get, the colder I am all the time. So I I tend to wear you know dress pants. Mm. You know something. Well, you come right from work most of the time. You know a little more loose, something looser, Mm -hmm. um, because I do move around a lot when I bowl. I do. I still get down as you low as I can. take big strides. Um, I take big strides for a small dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you use the whole approach. Most of it. Most of it. So, mm-hmm. Speaking um, of that, yep. uh, lanes. Are you synthetic? Wood? No. Plates? You know, if, if if my perfect lane would have wood approaches. Yes. Definitely going to have wood, wood approaches. I'm okay with synthetic lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think houses, I mean, synthetic lanes last a hell of a lot longer. So I think houses should probably go to synthetic. Mm-hmm. Um and synthetic uh, plates, I mean, I like metal plates. Um, again, as long as they're clean and as long as they're maintained and actually um, if the plates are done. Um, Preface, we're not talking about making it stupid juiced. No, but... I that's te- fun. I mean, look, that's a lot I'm of fun. I'm not going to lie. It is fun sometimes to go to a stupid juiced house just to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, see think, big, to see big scores and I everything else. I think what else. people don't realize is, yes, you're juicing them and your good bowlers are going to bowl good, but you're... Okay, bowlers, it's easier for them to bowl bigger than it is for us to bowl bigger, even on juiced up lanes. You look at a handicapped league, that's what in Maine right now, a lot of it is handicapped. Yeah. People complain because guys like you average 128, 125, and like, oh, we'll never beat you. Well, in order for you to beat them, you have to bowl that. And that's not, that's not easy. Yeah, but in order for them to beat you, they only got to bowl 110 if they're a 100 average bowler. Yeah. 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 Um, so you know, look, go synthetic lanes. I'm okay with um, plates again, as long as they're as long as they're taken care of. And you know, I'm not saying juiced up, but you know, I want it to be. Uh, if I'm throwing a good ball, I want to be rewarded for throwing a good ball. I agree. Um, I don't want to be shooting the back row, you know, four out of five boxes because the plates haven't been done in 32 years. Right. Um, sorry, that's mm. that's my opinion. action is part of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. What's uh what's on your mind outside of bowling? Um outside of bowling, uh I am a big wrestling fan. Ooh, let's talk wrestling. Um WWE, New Japan, AEW. Uh I'm what you call Mark. I like wrestling. I like the inside wrestling. 
Let me preface this by saying, wrestling is scripted. Yes, it is not fake. You can't tell me getting hit with a steel folding chair doesn't hurt, no matter how hard you swing it. Wait, can I try it? You're sitting in one. I mean, you just better hope you knock me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm a wrestling guy. Um, I grew up in the Attitude Era, and for anybody that's a wrestling fan knows that is what launched wrestling into the stratosphere in the mid late mid to late 90s, early 2000s. Um See, I grew, I grew up in I grew up in what the you know what the golden era of wrestling, um, and I remember going to my grandfather's and watching uh, Killer Kowalski and Ivan Putski and Chief J Strongbow and mm. you know all these all that's these the, guys. That's um, just like the golden era, like pre Hulk Hogan. Pre Hulk Hogan, because because I do remember I was Hulk Hogan came on when I was oh I'm guessing what early to mid '80s. He won um, his uh, he beat the Iron Sheik at Madison Square Garden. To win his first title in 84. 84. So I was 13. Mm. So, you know, I remember going over to a friend's house and watching Saturday Night Main Event. Um, and and seeing the was, Iron Sheet come out with Mustafa. Oh, Sheiky baby. Sheiky baby. And, uh, <laughs> He's a know, riot on Twitter, by the way. And you have, <laughs> uh, you know, that that to me, that's when I grew up with, with wrestling was, you know, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior. Um, you know, you had, uh, you had some great... Uh, heels, you know, uh, back then, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts, and mm. um, you know, Ric Flair. You didn't see a lot of Ric Flair back then because he was, he was NWA, he was still NWA, in and, and you know, they weren't WCW. Yeah, well, pre WCW, um, you know, you heard about him, Jim Crockett Promotions. Um, I still remember wrestling on ESPN, the AWA, the AWA with uh, yeah, uh, Kerry Von Erich and uh, the Von Erichs themselves, and yeah. stuff. Um, so no, I I mean look, I'm a I see I grew up and it was my dad was a wrestling fan, so I was a Hulkamaniac. I mean my mom put a picture when I turned eighteen in our local newspaper of me and my Hulk Hogan pajamas <laughs> flexing and said, Wish this Hulkamaniac a happy eighteenth birthday. Do you still have that picture? I think I do somewhere. Oh my god, I'll I show it to you. Yes. Um but I can remember really enjoying watching wrestling become mainstream for for so long I was I felt as an outcast like wrestling wasn't popular the popular kids in school didn't like wrestling and then when the Attitude Era happened and Stone Cold Steve Austin started flipping everybody off and giving them the bird (laughs) everybody jumped on it Um, but you know there was just recently I'm into the big process of wrestling gimmicks writing creative how to make things better the like, back the backstage action. I, I will say yeah. the storylines were more absurd, but they were better back in the nineties. Um and that's great when you're younger. As a as a wrestler I want a good story, or as a wrestling fan I want a good story, but I want a good match. I want to watch two guys go in there and do cool things and not just headbutt each other for twenty minutes. That's fun. I don't want to see a fourteen minute abdominal stretch anymore. <laughs> um yeah. I'm not Jim Cornette against high spots because that man's crazy. Um, he hates everything about wrestling now and can't get out of the Smoky Mountain era. Um, but I, I like to watch guys like AJ Styles, um, Seth Rollins, um, great technical guys just put athletes. on a show. Athletes. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see Brock Lesnar anymore. I know it's unpopular. I'm sorry. He puts butts in the seats, and when he's motivated, he's great. When he's not motivated, it's an eight-minute F5 show, and all he does is beat up people. It's like a suit. It's like yeah. the Incredible Hulk. In the Avengers, you know it's it's funny as I watched uh, the other night. 
I miss sports, by the way. Um, I so know we much. didn't. I know we didn't talk about it last week, but I am a diehard, you know, Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics, and Patriots fan. Um, avid, love them. I, I that's Ooh, what's on Patriots. my. Well, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Go Cowboys. Hey, you'll be eight and eight this year. Don't worry. You'll have a great year. Uh uh-uh. uh. Eight, eight seven, seven and, and one. one. Um, <laughs> so, I. Uh, uh, I completely lost where we were going with this. Oh, sports. Uh, so I was watching um, uh, WrestleMania three uh, the other night, and you and I were kind of going that back and forth. That was the first on, WrestleMania I ever saw. Yeah, you and I were going back and forth on a Facebook Messenger, just talking about a few things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was waiting for the uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat match because it is still one of my all-time favorite matches. It is my all-time favorite WrestleMania match because it holds up to it, today. It holds up, but it's it's they were athletes doing athletic stuff. I mean, so it was just... Me being the historian I am about wrestling, and you can pick my ear if you want, all my buddies that are wrestling fans, I love to talk wrestling in history. I I listen to podcasts, anything with Conrad Thompson, and that guy is like a superhero for wrestling fans. He went from being a wrestling fan to marrying Ric Flair's daughter and hosting podcasts with wrestling people. That's cool. That's incredible. Yeah. All because he met Bruce Pritchard. Because these guys, I don't know if you know it, even if they retire, you can still contact them and pay them to come watch pay-per-views with you for appearance fees. Get a, that's what Conrad did. He got a bunch of money together from his buddies who were wrestling fans. They got a hold of Bruce Pritchard through his booking, paid him to come watch a thing with them, and they got to be friends. That's cool. Um, but that match, the Macho Man and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat match, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat has said, Macho Man is crazy. He had three pieces of notebook paper full of spots that they went over for three hours before that match. Every move, every spot, every punch, kick, elbow drop, everything was to Macho Man's layout for that match. That was all laid out beforehand. All choreographed. It it amazes me when you take a match like that I mean, that's, that's 25 minutes. And again, I, I understand it's scripted. Mm-hmm. I do. I've always known it's scripted. Yeah. Well, I should say always, but... I mean, The Undertaker's not really dead. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, I, I I appreciate the athleticism that these guys have, including the big guys, you know... Bam Bam Bigelow, B- Vader. Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, Vader, um, you know, even the Big Show. I mean, they're, they're athletes. Big Show used and, to be able to dropkick people. And the fact is, is that that match... And the athleticism to do what they did for as long as they did in front of 93,000 people and millions and millions Mm -hmm. around the world. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't care if you like wrestling, it has to be appreciated as an art form for what they do. It's Broadway with body slams. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I really like about wrestling is some of these ideas are so creative and some of the guys are so good at keeping... And the term is kayfabe. That's when you don't break your persona. And it used to be in the 80s, you didn't break kayfabe. You didn't break kayfabe. If you were a bad guy, you didn't ride with good guys even if they were your friends. Yeah. Um, and that's what the business is missing right now, in my opinion. I don't want full kayfabe. I want guys to go back, and instead of flying by themselves, I want them to take car rides with other wrestlers, because that's where the business was made. That's how you learned. It wasn't in the ring. It was your 85-mile car ride between Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Podunk, Oklahoma, where Ric Flair drank the whole time you drove, (laughs) and he told you what you did wrong and how to fix it. (laughs) 
It's kind of like when we go bowling. Yeah, and, yeah. And and you drive, and I don't drink, but you still tell me everything I, I did wrong. <laughs> how to fix it? <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't think I tell you everything you did wrong. No, we don't have that long of a ride. No. So we we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, what else? What else you want to? Um, let's talk video games. I know Tim's a video gamer. I am super excited for two things. One, you're more excited about than me, but PGA Tour 2K21. I cannot wait. We haven't had a good golf video game since the Tiger Woods era. When Tiger Woods wrecked that Buick, he wrecked our video game hopes. Oh my God! I I I can remember playing Tiger Woods in in our apart my apartment um, with you. Mm-hmm. With you, with you. Um, I remember playing it at Worlds when we roomed together when you had swine flu. Oh God, I did. I had swine flu. I had the pig flu. Yeah. Um, I like, I love a good golf game. I cannot wait for this game to come out. Here's one thing that I fear, because it's 2K. Yep. I don't want this to be a microtransactions crap show. I don't want to pay nine extra dollars for Augusta. I don't want to pay nine extra dollars for Yep. Wind Creek. If you're going to do that and you're going to have DLC courses, that's cool. But I will just make me pay $80 instead of 60 and I get everything. Yeah. And I don't have to pay extra. Yeah. I'll buy a season pass if that's what you want yeah. me to do for that I, game. I, uh, I, I like the 2K games. I like some of the things oh, that they've 2K20 done. 2K20 was terrible, WWE um, this year. It was an awful crap. I, I just, I like some, but the thing that I'd really like to see would be, um, and it's not a 2K franchise, um, like the MLB games. Where you start, you know, you create your own guy and you build yourself up in the minors. I I think that would be cool for golf. I I agree. They tried to do it a little bit with the Ricky or the Rory McIlroy game. Yeah, yep. didn't really grasp it. I don't like any of the NBA 2K story modes. I don't, and I don't know why. I just I'm not. I'm an NBA Live guy. I was back yep. in the day on Sega. This stuff today, and I'm not gonna lie. I can play Dark Souls. I can't play NBA. 2K, the but I can't I can't that's, do a layup. That's that's what my kids play. That's <laughs> I, that's what Jordan Jordan. They of course they play online and they play as you know the, there'll be five of them and they're all got their head headsets on and they're talking back and forth and you know they play as a group and they have a blast and it's cool that they can do that especially um, nowadays. It, it is cool. Uh, I just I hope my hope is with this golf. I would think that that would be the coolest thing is to be able to get a foursome. Well, here's something you're going to go like. out and play. They purchased the same engine from the golf club game. Oh, I like So the it's go- the yeah. same engine, but not the same actual game play. But the course designs and everything are run on the same graphics engine. Okay. So they're going to have a course editor. So this might be 2K Golf Club, which would be a really mm. good mashup. That would be cool. Um, the other thing I know that you were super amped about was Tony Hawk 1 and 2. Yeah. So... I, I don't rem- see you as a skateboarder. I'm too. not. I am not a skateboarder. Um, not even close. Um, I took skateboard lessons when MBNA was here, and they had their vert ramp and everything else. Um, I would have loved to see that. Please tell me there's video. I, I no, God no. This is back before you know cell phone videos and stuff. Um, I, I, you know, we went with the kids um, when they were younger, and I'm like, yeah, screw it. I'll you know throw on the pads and. Um, I'm terrible on a skateboard. I, I <laughs> well, just, we've seen you on a waveboard on I, your last <laughs> your last adventure to Vegas. Um, I can't wait. I loved the Tony Hawk games. Um, oh, they, they were great. Were, the soundtracks were, were amazing. The soundtrack and the and the the gameplay and and you know trying to get the cassette tapes. And, did you play the actual story mode or did you just free skate everything? Because I just free skate everything. No, I did the story mode. 
See, I think it may be different. I was 12 when these came out. So, oh, like, yeah. I was just cool that I could free skate, put all these tricks together. And, yeah. You know, um, being a rather large kid like I was, I didn't skateboard. Spoiler alert, Brian doesn't skateboard. <laughs> Brian doesn't ski. Men my size aren't supposed to go downhill on, on two pieces of wood that fast. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. These look great. Um, I don't know if they're coming to everything. I know PC, Xbox, PS4, or 5. I don't know if they're going to be a launch title or not. Um, but again, um, I'm a Switch guy as well. I'm a Nintendo guy yep. still. Yep. Um, you don't strike me as much of a Nintendo guy. Um, I'm not a huge Nintendo guy. Um, you know, I, I, I had the original and, and the Super Nintendo. Um, you know, Legend of Zelda. Had. Um, yes, had. I still have. I know you do. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm not a, a real Nintendo guy. I do like the, the PS4. I can't wait for the PS5. Oh, I saw um, um, there's a great thing if you look at on YouTube. You look up the Unreal Engine 5 demo. It's done on a PS5. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It, they're allowing you to take movie quality stills and movie quality actual movies, and you, you're going to be able to dump those in without polygon resoluting them. They're going to stay oh, wow. as movie files. So you're not going to have cutscenes anymore. You're going to have actual polygons falling for rocks and stuff. Oh, my stuff. God. Yeah, it looks great. Um, but I getting into the Switch thing... I'm excited to see where a Switch can go, because it's already revolutionary. It's a handheld and a console. Um, I think they need to do. I think they need to move away from graphical enhancements, because I don't think that's going to be their thing. It's yeah. eventually going to get too heavy. Um, but again, um, some of my favorite video games. Real quick to wrap up video games. Um, I'm a sports junkie, so the WWE games obviously are a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. The show I play every year. Other than that, I like good first-person RPG shooters. Um, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Bioshock, stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't I don't play online. Um, I'm not I don't a, either. I single-player adventures, man. I, I'm not an online I play gamer. Animal Crossing online. Um, I, I just... I'm, I love Call of Duty. Um, you know, the Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2. Wasn't a big fan of the, you know... Ghosts, when they get Advanced fut- Warfare. Well, when they get futuristic weapons and stuff... Wasn't a huge fan. Um, being a history buff, I did like the Call of Duty World War II games. Um, mm. Those were fun. Battlefield games were fun. Um, Grand Theft Auto V is one of my all-time favorite games. Which I don't know if it will be while people are listening to this, but right now on the Epic Game Store, Grand Theft Auto V is free for the PC. Free. Yeah. 100%. Um, and again, MLB, the show, um, golf. I mean, I do. I just, I like video games. It's a, it's a escape from reality where I can take an hour and just chill, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, and I go in, I go in, uh, spurts. Like I'll, I'll play for, you know, two or three weeks and then I'll go a month or two without playing at all. Uh, just because of life gets in the way. Um, golf gets in the way in the summer. Yeah. Which very excited golf courses are open again. I hope they are where you are listening from as well. So I did want to do a, a shout out to a couple of people. Um, yep. I meant to do this earlier. Um, so some friends of the show and some friends of bowling um, are struggling. You know, some of them have uh, um, unfortunately had some very you know rough news um, recently. Um, and I'm going to pronounce a name wrong, and I apologize. Matt Tatulio, I think that I, I believe so. He bowled with Academy this past year bowled, in the Worlds. Bowled with Academy in the Worlds was recently diagnosed. Big baseball with, player. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently diagnosed with leukemia, I believe. Um, dude has a GoFundMe if you can support him. Yep. He's a um, great guy. 
you know, I met him one, I, it's once. I met him a couple of times. Seemed like a real stand-up guy. Um, you know, Peter Pereira has been going through leukemia. I know he's on the back end of it, really fighting hard. Matt um, Corbo's son, Jackson. There's Jackson. the Waddles for a Cause Foundation. Yep. Um, Brian Willis, a local guy, mm. uh, fighting several forms of cancer. Um, really putting a loves the show. Um, Brian, mm. we're with you. Go Cowboys. And, uh, Brian's a big Cowboys fan. Sorry. Like me. Well, Brian, not everyone's perfect. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Michael Kane. Uh, Mike's a bowler yes. uh, as well. Uh, recently diagnosed with uh, COVID 19, um, I think the first of the month. Um, did a uh, one of the three three shot challenges that's going around Facebook right now, mm. and and kind of announced it to everyone. So, you know, I'm um, thinking of you, Mike. You got this. Y- you got it. And and you know, Matt and you know, uh, Jackson and Peter Pereira, uh, Peter and Brian. Uh, obviously, our, our our thoughts are all with you. Um, keep fighting the good fight. Um, you know, wishing you guys a the best and a speedy recovery if possible, and and mm. everything else. So. Again, we're we gonna hope ra- we can brighten your days yeah. a little bit with our banter. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show. Um, I do want people to remember to please reach out to us, um, uh, ripping the rack podcast at gmail.com and ripping the rack podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can find us as well um, on our YouTube channel. Uh, this will be up hopefully Tuesday. Um, Spotify and Spotify. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Uh, Google Podcasts. Um, anchor breaker, one one niner, brick brick one one nine. Uh, Brian, this has been great. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, we may start doing these. If we get bored, we might do maybe a special. Yeah. Thing here and there. If there's a big sporting announcement or a big announcement in bowling or something like that, we may try and get together and hop on. Real quick before we go, Tim did say um, Charlie is coming up in July. If you had trouble hearing the interview. We're going to try and get with him and do another interview in July that's a little bit better quality. We're going to do a live interview with Charlie. Yeah, we're going to do a live interview. So look forward to that. That's coming in a couple months. We're going to try and do more interviews. If you want to be interviewed, let us know. Um, We'll do our best to try and... Make it happen. Make it happen and see if it can can contribute to something we're talking about. Yep. Um, But other than that, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Have fun. and, And just enjoy everything.